1: Good afternoon and good evening, and welcome to another episode of Life Transformation Radio. I am your host, Master Resilience Implementer, TEDx Speaker, Business Positioning Strategist, and Author Sean Douglas. This show is currently heard in over 74 countries. So, whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to us for some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here is where we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing. We highlight that transformational moment that changed our lives and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network Tuesday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join our Facebook community, Life Transformation Radio Community. And I also ask that you subscribe wherever you're comfortable listening to podcasts. So we are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, Radio Public, Overcast, CastBox, the Himalaya app, and the Google Play Music app. Basically, wherever you're comfortable listening to podcasts, our show can be found. On the show are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, coaches, podcasters, authors, basically amazing people who are impacting the world around them. And my guest today does exactly that. If you have any questions for any of the guests that I bring on the show during our live broadcast Tuesday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, join us by calling in six five seven three eight three one one zero nine. 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. And with that, please help me welcome to the show my guest for today, Jacques Equier. Jacques, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Wow,
0: very well done, Sean. You did well with that last name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it it took some practice, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna get it done.
0: Well, hey, listen, uh, I do like the intro because I thought I had a lot of titles, but man, I think you have me beat.
1: <laughs> you know, I go back and forth, you know, I'm like, well, I, I I'm a founder of this, I'm a speaker of this, I have a show, multiple businesses, I'm an author, I strategize in this one thing. It's like eight like suicide awareness trainer, <laughs> resilience trainer, you know, multi time business found so am I a founder? Am I a serial entrepreneur? Uh, I mean, you know, if I had to literally write down everything that, that I am and you had to write down everything that you are, we would have a bunch of stuff. It's not just one yes, or two. I like, oh, agree. I'm a founder. Oh, I'm a speaker. <laughs> but what kind of speaker? And what do you talk about? And what do you specialize? in? like, yeah, man, it's it's nuts. So I never know really what to put, but I put the most fascinating things that people always ask me about.
0: Yeah, well – uh, let me just start, before you uh, hit me with the hard stuff, that I am uh, honored to be on the show. Uh, I've been following it for a while. Obviously, you and I have messaged each other back and forth. I love what you do, and I am uh, honored to uh, to be a guest on on your show.
1: Man, I'm pumped to have you on because we're going to touch on some things that are affecting a lot of people. It's about to be school time. People are going back to school And one of the topics that we're going to touch on is something that students experience every day. And I think we need to cover it, and we need to talk about it, and we need to come up with ways to to overcome it. So you're the perfect guest for what is going on (laughs) in the world. Well,
0: thank you, and I know exactly. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, go ahead.
0: No, you're the host. You go for it. I thought you had a lull there. (laughs)
1: So the title of the show is Overcoming Bullying, Depression, and Addiction with Jacques Equier. He is the CEO and founder of 4S4Life. He has overcome being bullied, bouts of addiction with alcohol and cocaine. He has continually battled chronic severe depression for over 20 years and survived multiple suicide attempts. He describes finding his true inner self and shares this rising from the ashes story. It hopes to help as many people as possible across the world. His Facebook profile and the page are right there in the show notes, and his podcast can be heard on the uh, Ear...
0: You're going to you have to help
1: me out with that. The podcast yeah, Ear Network earplug, was called? Ear
0: Plug Podcast Network.
1: There we go. Earplug. I was like, Ear podcast yeah earplug podcast network outstanding what's the name of the show
0: it is the uh it's basically the S for life podcast we've uh, done about three seasons right now so it's uh awesome. a friend of mine is actually the founder and producer of his own network so he runs about 12 or 14 shows out of his studio very
1: cool very cool man that's awesome so so the first question i have to ask is what is your why Why do you do what you do?
0: Because everything that you uh, just mentioned in that story affects millions of people each and every day. And because of what I went through, the trials and tribulations, and knowing the factors that went into it and what came out of it, I feel that I do this because I feel that I can touch many people on a deep level. And I mean like touching your soul. And actually sitting down, listening is the first step. And just being able to walk them through the process of what it takes to get from point A to point B.
1: Awesome, Awesome, man. And and that's a huge deep why and a huge reason to be doing what you're doing. So using your – because I don't believe that, that it's all sunshine and rainbows. And and usually what I find is that the why usually comes from a deeper moment in time. You know, the why is just mm-hmm. of because of this one thing, uh, you know, because of this one moment, because of this one uh, moment in time is the best way I can explain it. The one moment, that one situation, that, that one, you know, simple decision can often lead to that why. But I believe that life is not all sunshine and rainbows. And so the reason for this show is that we highlight the transformational moments that people go through. So could you tell us what your transformational moment, what led to you and it happened in your life that changed it to put you on the path to what you're doing today?
0: Uh, Losing my father in 2013. Wow. Uh, My father and I had a, well, because my father and I, at the end of his, uh, his life, we didn't have the greatest relationship due to uh, my mother had passed years and years prior. And real quickly, he got remarried. Her and I didn't get along, and I let that basically uh, drive a wedge between my father and myself. So when we came back together and reconnected um, in his final months, uh, he sat down, or uh, he was laying in bed, and I came up to talk to him, and we had our one-on-one. And he went to mouth the words, I love you, and I said, Dad, we're all good. We're all good. And I said, if it's, if it's time for you to go and you need the release, if you're waiting for me to be the one child out of the four to give you your release, then I grant you that, and you should be able to pass in peace. And he, I was always the, the the dark horse, so I was always the one that both parents had worried about. So when he – his passing, and then he had to say to me, don't sweat the small stuff, I just – I went home that night. Um – And after he passed, I sat down with my wife and I said, listen, Kat, Katrina is my wife. And I said, Katrina, I know my calling now. I mean, my father reached out to let me know that it's my turn to touch as many people as I can from what that I've been through. And not only just losing both parents, but everything else that you have alluded to, Um, you know, but it was definitely the passing of my father. It was my why. That was my transformational moment to say, you know what, enough's enough. I you know, uh, I hurt a lot of people. I mean, physically, emotionally, mentally, I hurt a lot of people when I was going through the addiction, when I was dealing with depression, um, and obviously with the with the suicide attempts. I was not only hurting myself, which people, you know, had, you know, they never realize that it's not just you you're hurting; it's all the people that you affect. Right. When you go down that path, when you when you make that choice, and I don't want to get off onto that because we're talking about bullying, so I don't want to get into you know another topic. <laughs> but hopefully I know it's the I'm sorry to your listeners. I'm half Italian and. It comes out, and I just keep going with it. So I apologize.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it it, it kind of goes hand in hand, though, if you really think about it, because a lot of a lot of fourteen year old kids last year were killing themselves because they were relentlessly bullied at school. Yes. So I mean, that's yes. I mean, that's something that there's a lot of kids right now that are like, man, I really don't want to go back. Oh my god, last year was torture. Oh my god, last year was was so terrible, and and and, and they hated it. You know, and and our 16-year-old son was bullied all the time, and he would get in trouble all the time because he'd fight back all the time. Because I told him, I was right. like, if those kids bully you, whoop, the dog shit out of them. Like, beat that <laughs> ass. If those kids come up to you and want to play, they want to play silly games, they're going to win silly prizes. Beat that ass. And so he gets suspended all the time because kids, like literally kids were like flicking paper at him. He's like, stop, like, leave me alone. And I remember this one kid, man, he was just, he was just bully everybody. And so my son was standing there and he's like, knock it off. And he's like, what are you going to do? He's like, just knock it off. Go sit down and he's flicking paper at him, flicking paper at him. And uh, he's like, you're not going to do nothing, you sissy. He's like, really? My son walked over to him and punched him right in the throat. dropped Dropped him. Dropped him. One hit. Punched him right in the throat. So teacher calls like, I cannot believe your son. I was like, I can't believe you didn't punch that kid in the throat for bullying somebody. Like, what? Yeah. You have a student bullying another kid. My son just happened to do what you're not doing. And so they were. They wanted me to talk to him. I,
0: I agree.
1: They wanted me to talk to him. Like, you need to tell your son to stop it. I'm like, hell no some kid if my son watches some another kid get bullied he's going to stand up for that other kid because if you're not going to do your job as a teacher to stop the bullying then i guess my son has to and so he was constantly bullied and then what happens is my son sticks up for a kid more bullies come and so now you become the bullied and so you know he's like i just i don't want to fight all these kids I'm like you need to tell you know whoever the teacher the pr- you know whatever so i walked in there and I was like, look, my son is getting bullied and you're not doing anything about it. So if I have to come and escort my son around this school and smack the crap out of these badass kids, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to come to school and I'm going to smack the crap out of these little badass kids. He's like, oh, no, you can't be assaulting children. I'm like, well, then my son's going to continue beating the crap out of every damn student until he eradicates the bullying problem. And they're like, we can't have that kind of behavior at this school. I'm like, well, then you need to do something. I said, or I could just go out and bully you. How about I bully you there, Vice Vice Principal? How about I bully you? And he was just oblivious that his school could ever be considered a bullying school. He was oblivious. You know? Well, and, and they had, funny and, because and all the parents said the same thing. All the parents were I would love to come to school and what and, and, and really stop the kids. You know? But uh, so I decided, you know, I'm just gonna pull him out. I'm just gonna pull my kid out. So, you know, he's still I mean, he knows how to fight, he knows how to protect himself. But I also teach them that you know you got to live with empathy too.
0: Well, you know the thing is is that, and one of the messages I would like to get out, even to the listeners, I'm the same way. Now I'm I'm a uh, we'll say a retired fighter, uh, and I <laughs> yeah. mean boxing, jujitsu. I mean I am I All am right. your typical alpha male. I mean I I yep. you know, that, that's me. I'm a heavily, uh, not the biggest guy, but I'm I've always been a fighter. I've always you know I'm heavily tattooed. I look like your typical. And I always taught my boys the same thing you taught yours. But I will say to the people that do listen, parents that listen, and and kids that are getting bullied, you know, when you need to push it to that level, you know, just remember that words are just words. And, and I live by this code yeah. too, because I've told people yeah. now, e- even through my even through my adult life, there's only three ways, honestly, that you're going to egg me on to get into a physical altercation. Because my my I just if you if you touch my if you touch or disrespect my wife, I will go to prison. If you touch <laughs> right? or physically physically harm my my two sons or my grandson yep. i will go to prison and if you put yep. your hands on me you're gonna have a rough time and you know what i just want kids to know that you know what the name call i know it hurts the problem with nowadays right. is that when you and i were probably younger we had bullying as far as you got pushed into a locker you may yep. have got ridiculed here and there and now with cyber bullying these kids can't oh, even get away man. from it they're getting hammered on every aspect man. of their life they are getting non-stop just hammering these kids these kids these poor kids can't even go home and turn on a computer because here's these kids on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you yep. name it. They're all over yep. the place.
1: Games, so, Twitch, video games. Exactly. Yep. Yes, exactly. So but you know the what, you out know we what started- These kids, okay, when you and I were, were were you know being bullied or maybe we were a bully, it was way different. It was like your mom has an ugly face. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. like literally, these kids are like, you're worthless. You're nothing. You should kill yourself. Like, these kids are ruthless. We would never oh, no, tell I, another I... kid, never, we would never tell another child at, at 12, 13, 14 years old in high school, we'd never tell another kid, go kill yourself. You're worthless. You're, you're garbage. You're trash. Like, we would, ne- we would always be like, you're a stupid. Like, we just call them names, like, ah, sissy girl, right. ah, you know, whatever. It's just teasing. That's all the kids, we were just teasing. These kids today, some of the things that I read online and some of the things that I oh, hear, brutal. Brutal. I'm like brutal. these kids are brutal, bro. Yes, they are. Uh, they're taken to the a whole level. And you know, like I said, I, I always told my boys
0: to uh, you know stick up for themselves. Both my sons are now bigger than I am, but they both know that if someone puts their hands on you,
1: you have all yep. you know,
0: every right uh, to go and defend yourself. And I will defend you until I'll defend you in front of a judge, in front of a teacher. Doesn't yep. matter. But that's the way yeah. they grew up, and that's the way my son's raising his son. So just from all the people out there, because I know a lot about it, like you did. Oh, man, whoop that kid's ass. you got to remember there's a time and a place to do that, and I agree with you. If it if it becomes a physical thing, then, yes, you have every really right to defend yourself. If the kid's calling the names, and I get it, it gets aggravating. But we don't want to teach our kids to go to that level. If somebody called me an asshole uh, or you know, a fag or whatever, I mean, is that really right. what we want our kids to go out and plug somebody for? I mean, because then you're dealing with a whole different aspiration. Like you said, right? you become the bully. So we have a program. Yep. That we're going to try to implement in the schools, and we're actually going to get to talk to the bullies because we need to get to the root of the problem. There's something affecting those kids. The reason why they are the way they are is they're dealing with something that we don't even give them a chance to explain. We just go, oh, that kid's a little prick, or she's a little bitch. How do you know that kid isn't yep. being molested at the house? How can there's not a domestic situation at that house? We
1: don't understand that
0: because we're so quick to judge in our society. We need to get the bullies in a room and say, listen. Tommy, why are you picking on Sam? What is going on with you? Why are right. you so angry with Sally? What has she done? Yep. And I guarantee you, you will get to the root of at least half of those children in that room. I guarantee that you can touch at least half of those kids.
1: I, I 100% agree. I 100% agree, man. I was raised, uh, man, rough. Like, alcohol-dominated, domestic violence, household, physically, mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally abused, um, verbally, I mean, just. I mean, I was picked up and thrown across the room, you know, as, as an elementary school kid, you know, I mean, I grew up in a, in a bad household and, yeah. you know, I, same thing, man, like, I, like, people would say stuff to me and, um, my mom always told me, it was like, if, you know, you don't fight nobody unless they throw the first punch, you're defending yourself. She goes, then, then rack them, right. <laughs> you know, like, just well, yeah. rack
0: them. Then don't let them off. Then don't let yeah.
1: them but I told my kid, you know, I, I told my son, I was like, man, that kid's a bully because because here's and and I don't know how far and we'll get to that. I don't know how far down the trail you got. Um, I, I was I was pretty like I was I was pretty far down. You know, I was I was pretty far down the hole. And um, <gasps> and I always looked at it like prison rules. Like if, like if somebody says something to you, you got to make them an example, <laughs> you know, like, like when I was right. in my addiction and everything and I was like, make them an example, like they can't just run up on you. Like you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta make an example out of them. So I told my kid, I was like, Miss prison rules. Like it's because <laughs> being a military yeah, and an alpha doesn't. male, like I was like, it's prison rules. If they, if they want to, you know, talk bad about you, you got to make an example. I think I took it too far and then he got suspended and he's like, dad, this isn't good. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's not good. Um, you know, but, but, you know it got to a point where he was like I know who the bullies are and you know he 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 became smarter than me I was the kid who just was picked on so bad between my home life my school life uh my my friends like, like I I got it everywhere like you said it, the cyber the bully it was everywhere so um you know I had to learn that I had to learn like okay kid you know am I teaching him the right thing am I doing, it am I setting well, the right example for him you know what I mean? But look at it
0: this way. Look at it this way, though, Sean. There is no, and I say I say this to all my friends that are that are just like new parents. Now, listen, I said there's no handbook for parenting. It is a learn as you go process. We can give them all the information right. we want, and we sure. the basic thing that we have to do with our kids, and I, because I teach a a conscious men's group as well um, to deal with vulnerability as men, and a whole different that's a whole different talk that we'll have to do down the road. But you know, it's okay to the, your kids want to be loved. They want so we started an initiative. Yeah. It's called Take take 15, and what it means is take 15 minutes a day, these these parents, put your phones down, put your iPads down, forget the business goals, take 15, that's 105 minutes a week to just sit with your child, talk, take a walk, read a book, no TV, no, no, just show some interest. All kids want is to know that you're interested and that you love them. That's that's what our children yep. want. Other than that, they're, they're going to make their own decisions, right or wrong, who's, who's going to say that is just their way to walk? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That's but, true. Yeah, so the I mean, the bullying. Because um, I know it's not a long show, it's a, but the bullying as it transcends. It, it, that's the starting point. So for your listeners out there, um, I, my bullying was in grade school for two years, two separate kids, uh, terrorized. I mean, everything, uh, stuff in the trash can. I wasn't a big kid, and I was I was an athlete. I was uh, a straight age student. I went to church. My mother was church. I I never understood why it was me. Why did they pick on me? Why Why was it me? Right. You know, I went yeah. to that stage. So. I use bullying when I do my, my talks and uh, meetings and whatever I'm doing is bullying was the start, which led to moving down the line into uh middle, in the middle, elf well, say high school, early high school. Uh, I was going to a liter and a half of Southern comfort a day. Um, a liter and a half, okay. a lot of, a lot of liquor for a kid that's, you know, wow. so I mean heavy, heavy booze and um, you know, Dealt with that for a long time. My parents were, my grandparents were alcoholics. My grandfather used to beat my grandmother. So I dealt with the domestic. I On Christmas time, my father had to remove my grandfather from the home physically because he was beating my grandmother.
1: So wow. I did with it
0: as well as you did. Yes. So the alcohol, knowing what that could do, then we got into, you know, you're dabbling, you're smoking pot and everything else. And I got into the cocaine scene. And, I mean, it wasn't anything like to do an eight ball a day. And that's a lot of cocaine. Jesus. And I did that. That's a lot. And then... Yeah, so I'm trying to like fast forward and just give people what, you know, the the past. But I came to realize that yes, I had a great support system, I had great friends, I had people to pull me out. But I just woke up one day and realized this is not for me. This is I don't I feel like shit. I mean I'm like uh, you're fighting inner demons, you're you're you right. you're just going through nightmares. It's a tough process, and if you've been to addiction, it's a hard it's a hard hole to climb out of. Sure. Um. So the end all. Of that whole thing, obviously, that's depression built right into the addiction from being bullied, losing both parents, um, led up to, and I'll just talk about one of them. One of the suicide attempts was when me and uh, my wife and I, sorry, just met. We had only been dating for four months, and I tried mm-hmm. to slit my own throat with a knife. That is a very, very aggressive suicide technique. It's wow. To slit your own throat. And she, yes. I sat on my porch and said I had enough, and she happened to come out. As I had the, the point of the knife in my neck, ready to take it right across my throat, and she used both of her hands to grab my arm. And what she did is she didn't say, people need you, people love you. She started mentioning my kids' names. She mentioned her name. She start, So I was associating. That's how you bring somebody back from one of these. Right. You start associating names and faces. So now what I'm seeing is faces. I'm not just hearing something. I'm I'm seeing my kids. I'm seeing them without a father. I'm seeing you know, this woman mm-hmm. who didn't have to stay with me. Four months into this relationship, she could have been like, this guy's a nut job. What am I doing with him? Well, she stayed, and, you know, she she went through two suicide attempts with me. There was another one down the road, and um, I actually had her as a guest on my own podcast because my audience, want, we never talked about it, so they wanted to hear her side, and she yeah. came on, and she was a guest, and my producer did a Q&A because I, you know, didn't, I wanted to hear what she had to say, and he said to her, he goes, let me just ask you, he goes, why did you stay? And my wife turned around, and she looked at me, and she said, you know what? Even though we had only dated for a little while, she goes, I saw something in him, and I knew that I couldn't live without him. I, I, like, I'm almost tearing up now. Like, I mean, I literally almost lost it on my own pocket. When she said that, and I looked at her and said, I don't deserve someone like you. I mean, I know that I do, but at that moment, I just right. thought, wow. I mean, that, that just sure. blew me away that somebody cared that much. And here we are, 14 years later you know, married and, and together and, and, uh, it's, it's the happiest time of my life. I gotta be
1: honest with you. That's amazing. So what, what made it that transformational moment, you know, your, your, your father is passing away. You, yep. you, you pretty much looked at each other was like, we're good. Like, like we're okay. Is that yep. before or after, was that before or after the addiction and the overcoming or the, you know, oh, that was, yeah, where that in time, that.
0: Uh, my dad passed in 2013, so what, six years ago. Uh, yeah, so it was um, February 8th of 2013. Okay. Uh, he passed away, and uh, we just had some one-on-ones, and I apologized for you know, and I beat myself up for uh, for a while, just telling my wife and breaking down and just saying I, I was I could have been a better son, I could have done this, I should have done this, yeah. you know, um, you know, I, all the things that normal people go through, and then just happened to be that I sat down and I started jotting some ideas down. it just got the idea in my head and I said, you know what? You've been through a lot with your mother. Again, I've already talked about my my battles, all the battles that I had personally, my grandparents being domestic violence. I've lost three friends to PTSD that ended their own lives putting guns in their mouths. I had a friend die in 9-11. A neighbor that I grew up with was in the Twin Towers. I mean, I can cover just about anything.
1: And wow. I've just dealt
0: with a lot. Yeah, I've. I mean, I've just dealt with a lot of tragedy and loss and I just said to myself, listen, you're better than this. And I said, I think I can really touch a lot of people. So I sat down with my wife, I had this discussion, I said, I want to start a foundation, I want to start something. And I want to make this big. And I'm not talking just let's do it in New York. I'm talking to make it not only, you know, across our country, but global. I want to make it a global message. And it's it's about raising mental health awareness, which is huge in this country.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes it is. Absolutely, man. So moving forward, you had yep. gone through that, another layer mm-hmm. of hardship that gets thrown on everything with, with everything mm-hmm. that you're dealing with. How did you fare? What did you create? How are you elevating okay. the world around you?
0: Well, I created, as you alluded to, uh, the name of the foundation is called Four S
1: for Life. and The, uh,
0: the four S's I came up with are strength. Struggle, sacrifice, and survival. Now, if you think about Mm -hmm. that for a couple seconds, you can apply that to anything that anyone goes through. You need the the strength to get through things. You need to sacrifice as well as your loved ones do, no matter what you're going through. Everyone makes sacrifices to get there. And it's a struggle, but what is our underlying theme is to get to that fourth S, and that is survival. So if you have the strength and you're willing to make the sacrifices to get through the struggle, you will get to the surviving part.
1: And that's what the
0: foundation is built on. So what we do is, now that we've refocused on mental health, we do, obviously, through life coaching, we do it through workshops, community events. Um, I have a specialist in every field on my board of directors, one that does family services, one that does domestic violence, one that does DTSD, an addiction counselor, uh, myself, With just with all the stories I have, I mean, we can cover everything. So if someone wants to reach out and they need a talk or a meeting or a group, we've set that up and we'll put the speaker that we need there to go in and and talk to these people and give them help. And um, that's basically what we're doing uh, right now in our community, and we're slowly building it up into our our gala, what we do uh, every year. We're doing it in January. So it will be the uh, rising from the ashes, here comes Forest for Life, back over, all new and improved, and ready to roll.
1: That's awesome, man. Really, really cool. How does someone (laughs) get involved with that? Um, I've I've got some friends that that have foundations and – Uh, They host events and, uh, you know, one of them is uh, the One Life Fully Lived Foundation where they go into Mm -hmm. certain areas and they teach kids about financial, entrepreneurship, uh, living Mm -hmm. life full. Um, Being that it's called One Life Fully Lived, they talk about what happens if you're not living fulfilled. You got one life. Okay. You know, and you got to do it the right way. Um, so that's what, that's what they do. How do you find the people to work with? Um, do you host events? You know, you get the podcast, yeah. which I really want to dive into. Um, you know, how do you, how do you get the message out?
0: Well, like you said, I mean, a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot of it is community events that, you know, we get out there, but not only do I have my own podcast i'm actually a reoccurring guest on six podcasts across the world i've done podcasts awesome. in australia or two based out of australia um there's one out of california called the rising man that's a good friend of mine jetty azuma does that one um uh there's one out of canada there's one out of texas i was just on iHeartRadio uh last month on a north carolina radio moments of clarity with tiffany werner um, okay so the more i get myself yep. out there yeah, yeah so um and she just actually called me up, and uh, I'm gonna help her out a little bit, build her moments of clarity thing, and be a guest host, and and uh, you know get my message out through her because the same thing, transformation radio, moments of clarity, they go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I mean, very cool. Really, yeah, yeah. I uh, I've gotten you know not to the point where I want to get, but we're on we're on the path. So that's my oh, yeah. the goal is to make it, you know, that global message. So
1: I love it, man. I love it. So uh, what made you start the podcast? Did you just see that that's kind of where the podcast space was starting to become big? Uh, did you always listen to podcasts? Let's talk about podcasts.
0: Well, the funny thing about it was everyone um, uh, everyone's always told me that I have a great radio voice. They're like, man, you should be on the radio. You sound amazing on a microphone, And um so and I, I, and I grew up speaking in the church that's why i was to speak public speak I, I actually did readings in a catholic church i mean I, w- I was a lecturer what they call them so i would read in front of you know a couple hundred people and i felt comfortable right. i have no problem talking in front of massive groups of people really a small group of 50 um so uh, a friend of mine approached me that i've been friends with for about 18 years and he said listen I knew you had a podcast network he goes, Listen, I wanna be a part of your foundation. I want to put this on a podcast. What do you think? I go, Absolutely. Get in front of this on, on screen. People can watch. We can have guests on. I'm like, this is what I want to do. So he hooked it up, we started and it just took off. I mean, we just I mean I, I have a, a probably uh thirty people now with the new season I wanna be on, I'm just trying to get everyone situated now. So
1: Yeah. So it's definitely oh, that's going awesome. I to go. Well, yeah and what are your who are your listeners who typically are you targeting
0: uh well with with all the stuff that we cover under mental health anyone from kids that are getting bullied in school to recovering addicts to people that are you know i I had one guest on Michael torres he's from california he was actually did 10 years in federal prison he was a gangbanger drug kingpin he's now an nlp practitioner he's known all over the you know all over the country um you know, so anybody who needs help, basically, if, if you're willing, like you know as well as I do, the first step is for anyone that goes through any of these things, any of these journeys, is to reach mm-hmm. out and say, not that you need help, you need support. You need support. I don't want to say help. Help's such a, a word that's thrown around all the time. Oh, I need help. I need help. No, I need support. And you know what? If you're willing to take that step, man, woman, child, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what walk of life you're from. If you come to me and say, I need help, I will do the best that I can through the board of directors and all the people that we have on staff. To help you in whatever journey it is that you're traveling.
1: I love it. That's amazing, man. And I want to say, you know, how happy it is that makes me, uh, that you've taken the things that mostly would kill somebody. Uh, you've taken adversity, stress, um, you know, the things that, you know, the, the addiction that, that could, you know, I, I've heard of people, you know, overdosing. I've heard of people doing crazy things while on the drugs and and getting killed that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but here you are, you know, and I just believe that everybody is here for a purpose. Everybody is here for a reason, and it doesn't matter yep. if you you figure it out at 20. Some people do. Some people are like, I know, my, I know my life's mission, and they're a millionaire at 25. Or you struggle mm-hmm. through life until you're 50, and then you're like, you know, Colonel Sanders. Or anybody else, right. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman didn't even have an acting role until 46. I couldn't believe it. I oh, was this newsman acting for no, yeah. 46. Like that's insane. So it gives me hope. <laughs> it gives me hope that well, you hey. know me. Me at 36, I still have some room to grow and learn and really dial things in. You know because you know I look at the top people right now and they're like, yeah, I didn't have my first start until 50. I didn't even invent this one thing until sixty years old. You know, so it it's kinda of makes me happy.
0: To all those people out there that listen to this show constantly, I'm sure that you'll reiterate that. It doesn't matter. And the thing is the way society has built us to believe that ages well, your your forties, you're in your fifties, you can't do this. You don't ever a good friend of mine told me one time, he said, My New Year's resolution is to take these four words out of my vocabulary. Can't, won't, shouldn't, and don't. He goes, if you take those four negative words out of your – and you turn it around to do, should, would, and could, it change yep. your life. And I, and I try to live by that. That's true. You know what? I don't – don't let anyone stop you from doing what you want to do, whatever teams you may have. Everything is attainable. Everything is attainable. If you set your mind to it, everything is attainable at some point. And you know what? You may not reach the, the ultimate purpose to be a millionaire or whatever. I mean, those are aspirations, I'm sure, that we all want. But for me, it's never been about money. It's always been about family. I'm family first. And uh, it's funny because someone asked me one day, they said, well, you know, what if you died tomorrow? I said, you know what? I've traveled the world. I said, I've married my best friend on a beach in Jamaica. I've got two amazing sons. I have a beautiful grandson. I've, I've owned homes. I've owned business. I've done everything. And I started this foundation. That's my legacy. My legacy is my foundation. That's what's going to carry on into the next generation, which my sons will carry on. So you know what? I'm good. But I know I'm doing too much good that it's not my time. I have way too much to offer this world. So I'm going to keep on going. And right. it is my time. That's it.
1: Love it. Absolutely. So let's do this. As you start to wrap up, let's do a yep. shameless plug. You can plug your programs, products, services, ways that people can get a hold of you. Basically, what do you want the audience to know and to do about you? Shamelessly plug. Go.
0: Uh, well, as we talked about, you can reach me. Uh, the website is under construction, but it will be up uh, in uh, another week. We got it all set, so that will be www.forrestlife.com. You can reach me basically on Facebook. First for Life has a Facebook page, and I also have a public figure page for my speaking events, engagements, so on and so forth. So you can reach me in any capacity at any time. I will get back to everybody and anybody I always have. Within, you know, 15 minutes of a half hour, I will get back to you. I promise you that. Um, and as I said uh, ten minutes ago, doesn't matter where you are, what walk of life you're from, how bad you feel about yourself. If you feel that you need support in any of these capacities that we've talked about, feel free to reach out to me, and I will connect you with someone, and on our board, in our within our foundation, and we will help you as best we can to get you through whatever it is that you're battling. And I want everyone to know that. So we are, you know. Uh, Non-judgmental, I don't care who you are I don't care what skin color you are What sexual orientation, where you come Poor, rich, doesn't matter Anybody and everyone We will help you as best we can If you just
1: reach out I love it, man That's that's amazing Being a suicide survivor myself, man It's just When you crawl into the hole with someone That means more to them Than an empty Oh, you're going to be fine it's going to be okay mm-hmm. to them. It's not, you know, that's why at a funeral, I'll never say sorry for your loss. Sorry. I'm not sorry for your loss. I feel bad. Like, why would I need to be sorry? Right. What did I do wrong? You know? So I say, <laughs> right. here's what I say. When somebody says, you know, like, like, like for your dad, I would say, you know, Jacques, I'm, I cannot imagine what you're feeling at this moment, but I'm here. If you need mm-hmm. me, let me know what you need. And I'm here. Yeah. You know, no, that's very good. I, that, that, yeah. crawl into the hole with somebody. I cannot yeah. stand like when my grand my grandfather died in twenty thirteen. Two weeks before, like I was at his funeral. Two weeks before, I was due to deploy to the Middle East. One of the worst deployments wow. I I, I had ever been on
0: because sure. he was
1: the guy I talked to. He was a Korean War veteran. He used to drive ammo to and from the front lines. He would drive ammo wow. to the front lines and drive bodies back from the front line. That was his job through the whole Korean War never talked about it he just said that's what i did but he'd never talk about the guy i was like well who'd you meet do you still keep in contact with him like what do you do and he's like i don't want to talk about it he would never talk about it i said we'll talk about basic training he said, oh yeah basic training was amazing and but he would never ever ever talk about that that portion of of his military career that korean war and uh, and he was the person that i felt like i could talk to you know i was in yep. i was at iraq in 2003 during the invasion I was there in, in 2009 for, for big, you know, suicide bombings and things, or 2008 actually, for the big suicide bombings and things that took place overseas. Um, we had an entire convoy get obliterated. You know, I was in country for that stuff. And, you know, wow. I, I know people who have been killed. I know people who have lost their lives to suicide. I know people who, um, you know, cool. let, left families behind. I still talk to the families that were left behind. It's just like it's, it's you know, it's the military uh, you know, brotherhood, sisterhood. And he's yep, the guy absolutely. that I could talk to. And it, it made me mad. Be like, I'm so sorry for your loss. I wanted to be like, I'm sure you are. But you know, I, I like I can't be like that in the moment, no matter what my emotions are. I felt like a piece of me had died. You know, like like mm-hmm. with old wrestlers, you know, like with Roddy Piper and Macho Man Randy Savage and like these other guys, like when they with Harley Race just died, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. No way. Like, yeah. I used, I was a huge wrestling fan when I was a child, you know, and my childhood stars are dying. I'm like, "No, that's what I felt like. Like <laughs> like my childhood had just died." You know, and um and crawling in the hole with somebody and using emotional intelligence and empathy to reach them like you said, mm-hmm. you know, what 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 brings them back. Right? That's what we need to be doing. For everybody yep, I agree. for mental health, for addiction, for suicide, for marriage, for some people just don't need to be married together. Some people just need to get <laughs> over their stuff, right? They' themselves, yeah. like me and my wife um, had a rocky marriage at first because of all the alcohol and the fighting and the violence and the, I mean, I was turning into my stepdad, you know, which made me become suicidal, really, you know because I felt yeah. like I was turning into him, and I didn't want to be like that. Um, but she stayed with me and, and I said that, you know, when we started completing each other rather than competing against each other, that's when, that's when, um, our marriage started really clicking and we, I mean, mm-hmm. and we really started having a marriage, not a fight.
0: Yep. Yeah, I agree. Totally. That's me and my wife.
1: Crazy, man. It, it's a crazy you look back at all the things that, that, that happened and, and, and anybody else would have been like, like, what are you doing? You know, like you'd be like, what are you like, what was I thinking? You know, but at the time it just, that, that's the testimony though. Of the well, overcoming, that like, That's Here, the testimony.
0: The bottom line is, and I can just say this quickly. I know we're getting ready to sign off, but I will say that when people talk about my father, and say, wow, you know, I can't believe you're the people that knew it. And I said, you know what? This is the way I look at it now after i beat myself with my fear. My father passing was the creation of 4S for Life. Through every death, there is rebirth. And that's the way you need to look at things. And, yes, I miss him. And, yes, I, I, I'd love to talk to him and pick his brain. But I know that he's looking down, and I wear him on my arm. Like I said, I have a tattoo. It resembles a raven. I want to come back as a bird. And I the chain that he gave me. never comes off. He's with me all the time and I know he's looking down going, "You know what? I'm proud of you and what you're doing." And you know what? As long as he's giving me that release, I feel good. I'm good and I'm okay with that. It's a part of life and I understand that. It's time to move on and move forward, onto bigger and bigger better things and that's my goal and that's what I I plan Heck on doing.
1: Yeah. I love it, man. I love your attitude. I love where you're headed. So amazing. As we close the show, give us a nugget of knowledge that will motivate, transcend, and inspire someone to take action after the show.
0: Wow. Um, I would just say to to listen not only to this episode, but I've listened to other episodes. Listen, sit down and, and genuinely listen to people that have walked the walk, that have lived the life. As much as I respect people that go to school and get you know, degrees in psychology, sociology, that's fine. But you can only show so many graphs and charts. People lose interest. People want connection. Right. And that's what shows like yours does, Moments of Clarity. I'm not just trying to plug her, but she does a good job. My foundation, all the people that what we're doing, me, you, and all the other people out there that are doing it, If we all just come together as one big team, we can rule the world and we can make a difference in these people's lives and stop losing our loved ones. So, you know what? Absolutely. People just need to reach out. Just reach out to any of us. Any of these people that Sean talks to, that I've talked to, just reach out and just say, listen, I need a hand. And we will be there to help you in whatever way we can.
1: I love it. So true, man. That's why I love doing the show. You know, I I don't like – and we talked about a little bit about that. I don't like the origin show. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like, well, tell me about you and tell me where you grew up and tell me – like, I just like I just want to talk about that transformation. Like, like right, everybody I wants I to know when their life is going to get better. What was that moment that your life got better? What was the moment that you overcame the addiction? What was the moment that you started making a million dollars? What was the moment that you know? Like I had Bruce Buffer on the show, and he's like, I knew the moment my life would take uh, a turn because this one thing, like this thing happened, and that was the catalyst. And it's because everybody's looking for that one thing, what's the one piece of Russell Brunson has like one funnel away. You're one funnel away from a million dollars, you know, right. like you're one lottery ticket number away from a million dollars. You're one decision away from destruction or you're one decision away from prosperity. But what is it? What is that decision? What is that moment? How do I know that I'm going to come in contact with that moment? And so that's why I love the show. And I love guests like you who are like down and dirty, get it raw. Like, look, this is the deal. This is the moment. This is what happened. And this is how I did it. You know and, you and that's what I love about the show. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and and there's some really good ones um, but I just i don't I don't have the fluff. you know It's like, all right, what's your why? Amazing. What was that moment that 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 transformed your life? what What was that moment? And it's usually I was down and dirty in the dumps, I was ready to give up, and then this one thing happened, and that changed that's my it. life. and then you go back and you look at that that one decision that you made predicated everything else. Everything else is yep. predicated on that I, one decision.
0: I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, ma'am.
1: Well, I love the work that you're doing with 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 4S for life. I love that you are using your why, using your transformation moment as a catalyst to push you through. And uh, I wish you the best, my friend. Absolutely the best that uh life has to offer.
0: Well, I appreciate again uh you taking the time to uh to put me on the show and I'd like to actually uh Invite you to uh, at some point to get on my podcast. I'd love to have you on as a guest and talk about, uh, and, and I'll do the Q and A. How's that?
1: Very cool, man. I love it. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, well, have man. A great Thank evening. you so I much. You Thank too, you. man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. All right, brother. life transformation radio evening. listeners. You too, man. An amazing guest impacting the world around him. If anything resonated with you between the conversation between me and Jacques Equier, please. Get connected with him. The Facebook links are right there. Send him a message. Get connected. And if you know anybody struggling with bullying, addiction, depression, please reach out to somebody. Reach out to me. Reach out to Jacques. Reach out to somebody in your community. Get them the help that they need. And with that, I close the show by saying live your brand. Find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you hold deep in your heart. And I call this living your brand. So until next episode, live a great life.